Thanks for listening to the Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Life Church, visit lifechurchww.com. We are with millions around the globe celebrating the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ this weekend. He is alive, he is not dead, and death did not defeat him, and neither did the grave. As we were worshiping this morning, I was just struck again at, with the words to the songs of the vastness and the greatness of this day. Is there anybody grateful today that Jesus is alive? I'm grateful. It's amazing. Well, as I get started, there was a, a, a newscast that was going on by our kids, and, and I just need to fill in a little bit more news that recently I found out about, uh, about the man who ran over the Easter bunny. I'm not sure if you heard that on the news or not, but he was just driving down the highway and <clears throat> minding his own business, blissfully driving along. And he's just a very pleasant man. And in fact, he's, even, he's an animal lover, but he noticed the, the Easter bunny bouncing down the side of the highway. And he thought, well, I'm gonna move over. Well, he tried to veer out of the way, but the Easter bunny just hopped right in front of his car. And without him trying, that car hit the Easter bunny and all the, the basket and all the eggs and all the candy just went flying out of the Easter basket. And to his dismay, the Easter bunny was dead out there on the highway. So he pulled over and he stopped and he was actually in tears because he felt horrible. And there's a, a woman driving down the same highway and saw him on the side of the highway all distressed and in tears. So she pulled over and she asked him, what's wrong? And he said, well, I didn't mean to, but the Easter bunny hopped in front of my car and I tried to swerve out of the way, but I hit the Easter bunny and the Easter bunny is dead right there on the highway. And she said, well, don't worry. I got this taken care of. And so she walked over to her car and popped the trunk and she grabbed a can out of her trunk and she walked over to that furry animal and she, pray, she sprayed the entire contents of the can over the Easter bunny. And when she was finished, all of a sudden, the Easter bunny popped back to life. And the Easter bunny grabbed his basket and started picking up all the eggs and all the candy and hopped on down the road. 50 yards later, the Easter bunny turned around and just waved at the two pleasant humans who seemed to be surprised, at least one of them. And he kept hopping on down the road and every 50 yards, he would turn around and he would wave at the two humans. Well, the man was perplexed. He thought, how in the world did this happen? What, what was in that can? And she just turned the can around and it said, hairspray restores life to dead hair and adds permanent wave. <clears throat> Thanks for working with this pastor with his cheesy jokes. Appreciate it. <laughs> so today we really do celebrate the greatest day in the history of the world. And whether you would call yourself a believer or a follower in Jesus or not, there is no question that Jesus has influenced humanity more than any other single figure in the history of the planet. There's never been anyone like him and there will never be anyone comparable to him. There is no more profound historical event than the one that we celebrate today. Almost 2000 years ago, both historical records and biblical records record for us the truth of Jesus's resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is not just a mere fairy tale or a legend. In fact, Billy Graham said this. He said, there's more evidence that Jesus rose from the dead than there is that Julius Caesar ever lived or that Alexander the Great died at the age of 33. There's a reason that over a billion people on the planet today have put their faith and their hope in Jesus Christ. It's not their choice of religion. 
It's their choice of a relationship. Can I hear an amen today, right? So today I want to take us to a passage of scripture that is written by arguably one of, if not the best friend of Jesus when he lived on the planet. He was a witness to the crucifixion of Jesus. He was a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. And then history records for us that they tried to kill this disciple by the name of John. And they tried to kill him by putting him in boiling oil, but he would not die. And so they just put him out as a captive on an island called Patmos. And in, on that island, he had a revelation of Jesus Christ when Jesus appeared in his glorified form to John. And this is what he wrote in Revelation chapter one. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Jesus was dead. He is alive. Every other God, small g, that claimed to be God, they died. And guess what? They're still dead. Only Jesus is alive. Amen. I'll amen myself. Jesus amens himself right here. And he says this, I have the keys of Hades, another word for hell. I have the keys of Hades and of death. So Jesus went to the cross. He was carried to the grave. He, was, he rose again to get keys. What are these keys? What do they represent? Well, how do they matter to us? We're gonna find that out today. But I can tell you this, he didn't go to all this trouble to get keys so that we could just have a celebration on a weekend, dress up for church and hide some eggs for our children. No, no, no. He rose and went to this trouble to get us some keys and we'll find out why. So I wanna talk on the subject. He holds the keys. He holds the keys. Is there anyone here that is glad that Jesus doesn't lose keys like you and I do? Man, I'm grateful. Anyone here lose some stuff like myself? For, for all the personalities in the room that have a place for every item that you have ever owned, the rest of us don't like you. I mean, we look up to you. We admire you. You're amazing. For the rest of us, we do lose things every now and then. So I've I've lost my wallet before. And when I lose my wallet, it's actually my phone because I just put it all together. I got my phone, I got my license, I got my credit cards, it's all there. If you're a thief, don't come after me. I'm just here to tell you that if I choose, if I just gonna lose something, I just figure I might as well just lose it all. And it's extremely frustrating. But for some reason, when I lose my car keys, it's just really, really irritating. Because you know, the car works. I can't get in it. It'd work if I could get in it. It, the engine's fine. Well, sometimes it's fine, but it's like, it gets me to where I want to go if I have the keys. And it's frustrating when we lose those keys. Some of you are grateful that you moved into a house that has a garage so that when you pulled your car in, you never had to remove your keys from your car ever again. They just stayed in your locked garage because it is a scientific fact that keys grow legs if they leave the car and they walk away from your presence. You know it's true. The keys of life did that to us. The keys to heaven, they walked away from us when humanity sinned. And so I wanna talk, talk about the two keys that Jesus got back. And I wanna show you our need for those keys written from the same guy that wrote the book of Revelation by the name of John in John chapter eight. Look at this. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall, what's, what does he say? The truth shall what? The truth shall make you free. 
Well, they answered him, we're Abraham's descendants. I mean, I grew up a Methodist. I mean, I grew up a Presbyterian. I, I, I'm a Catholic. Jesus is like, don't matter. And he goes, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. I'm on the, I'm on the you know, membership role of a church. How can you say you'll be made free? Jesus answered them, your church attendance or membership role doesn't matter. If you're listening online, that's actually not in the scripture. That's Bob Grimm just adding in. Here we go. Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, look at what he said, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. So Jesus is telling us who makes it to heaven and who doesn't. He goes, a slave doesn't abide in the house forever because whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So what keys does Jesus hold? The first key I wanna talk about, he holds the key of freedom. He holds the key of freedom. And we need the freedom key because if you've sinned, you're a slave of sin. So I just got one simple question. Have you ever sinned? Oh, don't, get, don't you look religious at me right now. <laughs> Have you ever told one lie in your life? Have you ever lusted? Have you ever not wanted to forgive someone? Have you ever had one bad thought? Have you ever checked that box online that said you read and agree to all the statements? <laughs> then guess what? You're a sinner. Welcome to the club of humanity. Bob, are you calling me a sinner? Not necessarily. The Bible is. So take it up with God. The Bible says this, all have sinned. Everyone. And fallen short of God's standard. Come on, tell your neighbor, that means you too. That means you too. Now tell the neighbor you ignored. I'm sorry for ignoring you, but it means you as well. So, most people in today's culture that want to go hang out at a friend's house, maybe have lunch or dinner, they'll send a text and say, hey, you home? I want to come over. Let's, let's play some video games or let's, let's, let's get some pizza. And if you're like over 30, you might call. That's old school. Well, this one guy I heard of decided I'm not going to text or call. I'm just going over to my friend's house. I'm going to have some dinner. So he goes over to his friend's house. He sees the car in the driveway and says, I know they're home, knocks on the door. They don't answer. So he knocks a little louder. They don't answer. He's like, I know they're there. So he rings the doorbell. They still don't answer. So he thought he'd be a little funny. So he grabs his, his business card and he wrote a scripture reference on his business card before he left and just shoved it in the door. And so this was the scripture reference that he wrote. He wrote Revelation 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and dine with him and he with me. So he... He goes on his merry way and the next day he had, was at work and he had left for lunch and he came back from lunch and his friend had returned his business card. But he returned the business card with another scripture reference written on it and it was Genesis chapter three that says this. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. <laughs> That's funny no matter what you think. Now, there's a truth hidden in this verse that I want us to see today. Ever since the beginning of time, when Adam and Eve chose to sin, humanity has been running away from God. 
Humanity has been afraid, has felt naked and ashamed, and it's because we have sinned. Adam did this, Eve did this because they knew they had sinned. And you and I, if we're honest, we know that we have sinned as well. And so Jesus holds the keys to our freedom and we need it because we are sinners. And if you have sinned, you are a slave to sin and there's only one way to be free and it is with the key of freedom that Jesus holds in his hands. Now, Jesus also holds the key to freedom in this life to whatever attempts to hold us captive, whether it be a diagnosis, whether it be divorce, whether it be debt, he holds the keys to set us free from our captivity. And I'm so thankful as a Christ follower that every time I feel hemmed in by a situation that tries to make me feel captive to it, that I can turn to my Jesus in prayer and he holds a key to set me free. So when I felt anxious about situations in life, I just turned to the, to, to the Savior who holds the keys of freedom and he releases me from my anxiety and offers me peace. If I'm ever facing situations where I feel like, man, I'm hemmed in and feel captive to, to a need of provision, then I just turn to the one who holds the key and his name is Jehovah Jireh and he is my provider and he holds a key to all of my provision. Or if you're here today and you feel like your heart is broken, I need you to know that there is a savior that holds a key to be able to heal your heart. Whatever your situation is, he's the master. He has the key. He has the master key to any situation that will try to hold us captive. And he holds that key to set us free. Can I hear an amen today? So even death itself is no longer something that Christ followers have to feel held captive by because today we celebrate the Savior that holds the key to death and the grave. Every one of us has felt captive to either sin or situations in life. Your, your captivity may look different than mine, but do not mistake this truth. We are all captives until Jesus sets us free. So keys, they not only unlock doors to get us out, but keys also unlock doors to get us in. So the other key that Jesus holds that I wanna talk about today is he holds the key to our freedom to set us free from, a destined, from our destiny to hell. He, he has that key, but he also holds this key, the key of friendship. Jesus was not crucified, buried, and rose again to give us religion. Jesus did all of that to give us a relationship. There is a difference, my friends, between religion and Christianity. Religion focuses on trying to be good enough so that you don't go to hell and maybe you pass the good enough test to get into heaven. Again, if you have ever sinned in your life, you're not good enough. Neither am I. Neither is any priest or nun or saint that you have ever met. Only Jesus holds the key to get us out of the get out of jail free card. But he didn't do it to just give us religion. He did it for a relationship. So we are set free from sin and we are set free to a savior. Let me say it like this. The key of freedom sets me free from my captivity without Jesus. But the key of friendship sets me free to be captivated by Jesus. Jesus uses one key to get us out 
and he uses the other key to get us in. Remember the main verse that we started with that John wrote in Revelation chapter one? And he, 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 was, a, he was in captivity on the island of Patmos. But in the midst of his captivity, all of that paled in comparison when he was captivated by Jesus. And I wanna take you back to what he wrote again in Revelation chapter one. And when I saw Jesus, when I saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead. Every religion falls dead at Jesus' feet and bows to the priority of a relationship with God. When you see Jesus, everything that has captured your attention and attempts to draw your attention away from God will fall dead at his feet. Even though John was in captivity, he's like, man, that captivity fell dead at, my, at the feet of Jesus. No longer did the situations capture my attention. Only Jesus captured my attention. Listen what I'm telling you today. As a kid, I grew up Catholic. I went to church, but I, I never went to God. I didn't know God. I went to his house, but I never met the owner of his house. And then I saw Jesus change people. I saw Jesus change my mom. I saw Jesus change my alcoholic father. I saw Jesus change my drug addict oldest brother who's sitting on the front row today. I saw Jesus change my middle brother. And I saw Jesus change me. And when I saw him, religion became dead to me. I never wanted to have anything to do with man's attempt at getting right with God. I wanted to see Jesus. I wanted to see what Jesus could do in somebody's life. I wanted to meet the real Jesus. I, and I, I found out that when you meet the real Jesus, every attempt at trying to get right at God falls dead and you realize it's only what Jesus did that will ever reconcile you with God. And it says this, John goes, and he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, I'm the first and the last. I, I recognized that religion, all it can really do is make you afraid of God. You not really ever have a relationship with God, you're just afraid of Him. And Jesus shows up, and He does kind of freak John out even though John knew Him in the flesh. And he's like, you are bigger than I thought you were. You're more amazing and majestic than I ever thought you were. And all the strength left my body, bam. And Jesus comes over and goes, don't be afraid. I still wanna be your friend. Did you hear me this morning? He was his friend already. John is amazed at who he is. And he puts his hand on him and he goes, I, don't be afraid. 
I still want to be your friend. Whatever it is that has tried to intimidate you, Jesus is reaching towards you and saying, don't be afraid. Whatever it is that has tried to discourage you, Jesus is reaching towards you and he's saying, don't be afraid. Whatever has tried to intimidate you and tell you that you've messed up your life too far for you to get right with God now, Jesus is reaching his hands towards you and he's saying, don't be afraid. I'm thankful that Jesus has reached his hand towards me. I wasn't worthy, but he's the one who makes us worthy. I wasn't good enough, but he's the one who makes us good enough. And my friends, both these keys are available, the key of freedom and the key of friendship. If you get one, you get the other. If you miss one, you miss both. Because there's no amount of being good that's good enough. Jesus offers these keys. And I pondered this week, how long did it take Jesus to get the keys back? The keys of life, the keys of freedom, the keys of friendship where we could be reconciled with God. Did it take him all three days? Died on Friday, got up early on Sunday morning. Did he wrestle with the devil those three days? The devil's like, I'm not giving them to you. Yes, you are. I know I'm not. Yes, you are. Well, I hit him. No, I don't think any of that conversation went on. Here's how long I think it took for Jesus to get the keys for our freedom and our friendship with God back. On the cross, Jesus breathed his last and said, it is finished. And the moment he said that, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. Access was made for friendship with God. That's how long it took. Oh, come on, you can give God praise for that. It took a millisecond. And he got the keys back. I want to say one more thing before we end today. Do not mistake the goodness and the kindness of God towards you that you've accepted the keys. The way you get the keys is not just because God has been good to you because he reigns on the just and the unjust. And Judas betrayed him with a kiss and Jesus called him friend. So do not mistake that God has answered a prayer of yours that you have accepted the keys. There's one way to get the keys, is to bow before him and to say, I repent. I admit to you, I'm a sinner and I need you more than I need anything else in life. You're it for me. And so I today choose for you to be my Lord and for you to be my Savior. And if I get that added benefit, I want to be your friend. But it comes through a beautiful biblical word called repentance. Which that word means to turn around, to think differently. So I'm no longer going to think and be the Lord of my own life based upon philosophies of my own or philosophies of this world. But I'm going to read the book you wrote for me called the Bible and live my life based on that. So if you will put your faith in the resurrected Jesus today and you will repent of your sins and admit that you need him just like I do, that he will use those keys and set you free and you can become his friend today. I want to pray with us today. Will you bow your heads all across this room? And in the solitude of this moment and in the quietness of this moment, I want you to ask yourself two questions. Am I free? 
am I God's friend? Close your eyes and ask yourself these questions. Am I free? Am I God's friend? If you are not sure, positively sure on the inside that you are free from your sin, or you are not sure that you are God's friend, then today is your day where Jesus will use those keys and give them for your benefit if you will admit you need him and will repent this very moment. If that's you, I want you to agree with me. You can just whisper, yes, Lord, this is what I want as I pray on your behalf. Lord Jesus, I come before you on behalf of my friends that are both listening online and in this room in this moment. And I declare that you are king and I declare that you are Lord. And today I also declare that I am a sinner in need of your freedom. Forgive me of every sin that I have ever committed. Today, I repent. I change my mind. I turn my life around and I walk towards you. And I say, Jesus, become my Lord and become my Savior. And today, can I become your friend? Fill me with your spirit. Change me forever so that I'll live for you all the days of my life. And everybody in the church shouted, amen. Come on, give God praise today. <laughs> He's alive. Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. We want to help you on your journey of finding the life you were made for. Please visit lifechurchww.com to take your next step and connect with us.